So you may say to me, well, Colin, I've done all this. I've, I've believed that uh, the powers of uh, Adam's kingdom, uh, of sin and death, have been overcome by Jesus. I've, I've uh, put myself before God and said to him, Father, I thank you that I'm not under your wrath anymore. Uh, I am uh, accepted and reconciled in you. I thank you that the power of sin, that was, by the way, referring to Romans 5 there, uh, and I thank you that the power of sin is no longer upon me, that I'm not identified or condemned or judged by sin. That's chapter 6. I thank you, Lord, that I'm not under the condemnation of the law, that I'm righteous in Christ. That's chapter 7. And I thank you, Father, that even all the little mini-deaths that I go through do not bring me to despair because Christ has risen from the dead and I live in his eternal resurrection. You say, I've done all that, but it hasn't made any difference. Uh, Everything's the same and nothing has changed. Oh, yes, it has. What has changed is the miracle of your conversation with God. What has changed is that you have uh, done less of blocking of God. What has changed is that you are not sitting around in your dark cave and a dungeon uh, so much. You're learning to come out into the light, or you're learning that God has come into the dungeon with you. What has changed is that you are learning to praise God and give thanks to Him. You say, well, yeah, but that's not very much. Listen, that is enormous. The work of God in the world is to lead men and women to trust Him, to put faith in Him. Faith and trust were lost in the Garden of Eden. When Adam and Eve turned from God, the first thing they lost was trust. And we've lost it ever since, and so we are suspicious, we are guilty, we are isolated, we're in denial, we, we hide from God, we're afraid. All of those things come from a lack of trust. But as we learn to trust based on the good news of the gospel, then our minds and our spirits are being trained by God to f- have fellowship with Him. You see, you're having fellowship, and I grant you that there may be no changes in this world. I don't think that's the case, however. I think there'll be quite a lot of changes over time, but don't be so impatient. The real, the real great thing that is happening to you is trust. Just think of what happens when you praise. You cut through the icy uh, stone wall of resentment. Resentment is the opposite of praise. To give thanks is the opposite of feeling resentful. And we have lived by resentment for years. Well, now things are different. So treasure your faith. Understand that faith... Of course, I say treasure your faith, rather treasure the object of your faith, who is Jesus Christ. Jesus is the pearl of great price. You have found him. You saw um, the the preciousness of it, and you sold everything, as it were, to to get this precious uh, treasure of faith. You saw, discovered treasure in a field. You didn't tell anyone. You bought the field so that you could have that treasure. And now you're sharing it with the world. 
That's what's happening. Look, let me take you to something else here, which is all quite relevant to what I'm sharing with you. Do you know why Israel is called Israel? Have you ever given any thought to that? Well, the name of Israel goes right back to the story of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, actually the sons of Isaac, Esau, and Jacob. Esau, as you know, was the firstborn uh, of twins, um, uh, but uh, uh, he was not counted as the firstborn. God told the mother that Jacob would actually be the firstborn, even though he came out last. She treasured that knowledge in her mind, and they grew up, and uh, Esau was the favorite of um, uh, of the father because uh, he uh, was a huntsman, and he, he shot gain and brought home this venison, which the father loved so much. But uh, Jacob was the mother's favorite. He was a, a herdsman, and he took care of sheep and goats and all of that sort of thing. And uh, one day, there was a massive uh, controversy between the two. Um, Jacob stole the, uh, stole the birthright, you remember. Esau came in from uh, hunting, and he was exhausted, and he was uh, incredibly exhausted. And he said uh, to Esau, give me some of, uh, to Jacob, give me some of that, uh, those lentils that you're eating, the red lentils. And... Uh, um, Jacob, who was a pretty deceptive, uh, said, well, I will if you give me your birthright. And he said, okay, okay, you can have it. Go on. And he gave him that. And um, Jacob stole the birthright. And he resented what he had done, uh, that is, Esau, and was very, very angry. It indicated, however, that Jacob, that Esau was very uh, dismissive of his birthright. He couldn't care about it. He was ready to sell it for a, uh, a pot of uh, lentils. But there was fury and there was murder in his heart. And uh, uh, the mother overheard him say, I'll kill that brother of mine. And so she went to Jacob and said, get out of here for a few days. Your brother is as, is as mad as hell. He's about to kill you. And uh, go to your uncle Laban for a while. And uh, he did. But the few days turned into 20 years. 20 years. He served Laban. He was cheated a lot. Uh, but he had this uh, uh, success story behind him. He could always uh, do well and succeed. Um, uh, the uh, Laban changed his wages several times. And uh, nevertheless, he was successful in everything he did. But the time came when God urged Jacob to return home. And there was a thrill, there must have been a thrill in his body, in his mind, the thought of seeing his mom and dad again, seeing his family, seeing all the old familiar places. But there was also this dark terror in his mind, because he would have to face his brother. And he never faced his brother over that deception and stealing his birthright, and he had felt guilty about it for years. Well, he went into prayer about these things, and as he was praying... In the field, somewhere, I don't know where. But anyway, someone lunged out of the bushes and started to wrestle with him. A peculiar story, but there was a wrestling match that went on. 
Now, I want you to try to think of what might have been in Jacob's mind as this happened. This man was wrestling him. Jacob had no clue who it was. But what must have happened in his mind was, this is happening to me because of my sin against my brother. This is happening to me because I did wrong and God is punishing me. And the wrestle went on all the night. And God and Jacob must have obviously been praying, Oh God, please do not let this man uh, kill me. Don't let him harm me. Possibly he thought that this was one of the uh, front men uh, of Esau who was coming to check out the lay of the land. Because Jacob, you see, had said that he was going to return. And he sent gifts to Esau. Um, uh, to try to placate him, to appease him, to um, soften the blow of his return and hope that things would be all right. But he had heard that Esau was coming to see him with 400 men. And he thought immediately in his paranoid mind that that means that Esau was coming to attack him and all his family and tribe. That's why he went into prayer, God, don't let my brother kill me. Please remember the blessing you gave me. Please remember the covenant promise. Please remember that you called me your firstborn. And yet this rest, so this wrestle was going on, and you can imagine how God, how the man was wrestling with him, with God. And then God, uh, and and then God said something. Well, let's put it. Let's go back a little bit. Um, this story is going to be at least a couple of broadcasts long. I can see that. But it occurred, it must have occurred to Jacob at some point in the night, because the wrestle went on all through the night, that this man was not truly human. The man was not, he became aware, trying to kill him, trying to destroy him. The man that was wrestling with him was not trying to destroy him. He was wrestling with him, but there was something odd and weird and queer about this wrestle, and it was the man... The angel, shall we say, that he didn't realize it was an angel at the time, was restraining Jacob, but was not trying to destroy him. And so there was a sense in Jacob that he was in the presence of God. But that created more fear than ever, because if he was in the presence of God, then he ought to get off the angel, get off the man, push him away, because the belief then was that if God, if any man saw God or an angel, he would die in the presence of God. And yet he had to cling to him. He could not let him go because his life was at stake, not in regard to the angel merely, but in regard to his brother. Shall I let go and then let my brother pounce on me? Or shall I hold on to this angel and then let God pounce on me? He was in an enormous conflict, and the conflict was worsened by God saying this, Let me go. Let me go. And for a moment or two or minutes, Jacob was in the thrall of terror, because if he let God go, then what protection did he have from his brother? And yet to hold on to God might have been blasphemy and disobedience in refusing to let him go. But he took his chances. He took his chances with God, and he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. 
I cannot imagine the 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 rage, the spiritual, the sanctified rage that was in Jacob at that point. This is the first time in the Bible that disobedience was blessed because God said, What is your name? And Jacob said, Jacob. And virtually he was saying, I hate my name because the name meant deceiver. And he said, Change your name. It shall be called Israel, which means you have fought with God and won. Now then, We'll talk more about this tomorrow, but I will tell you right now. You are an Israelite. You, all men and women who struggle with addiction or all kinds of problems, but hold on to Jesus Christ and say, No, Lord, I am not under your wrath. I am not helpless. I am not under the power of sin. I am not condemned by the law. I am not under the power of death. I will not let you go unless you bless me. You have fought with God And you have won. This is Colin Cook, and you've been listening to How It Happens. I thank you so much for joining me today. It's a pleasure to share these broadcasts with you, to share the good news, to share the power of God coming into our lives by faith. So, Thank you for joining me. You can listen to this broadcast every Monday through Friday at 10 o'clock in the evening, repeated at 4 in the morning, on KLTT AM 670 in the Denver and Colorado and surrounding states areas. You can also listen to the broadcast on your smartphone or other remote device any time of the day or night. Simply download a free app, soundcloud.com or podbean.com or Spotify and uh, a key in how it happens with Colin Cook when you get there or go directly to uh, soundcloud.com slash faithquest or um, faithquest.podbean.com I'd like you to help me if you could. The broadcast is 25 years in its uh, constancy now but I need your help every week, every month to keep it going financially. If you would like to make a donation, the broadcast costs $39 per radio broadcast, $200 for a week's broadcast, then send your donations to FaithQuest P.O. Box 366, that is 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160. Or you can make your donation online at faithquestradio.com. That's faithquestradio.com. Thank you so much. I appreciate all your support and your little notes, and I'll see you next time. Cheerio and God bless. <laughs>